live statewide on the Ref Radio Sports Network. It's the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Join in and text the show on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000. Now, live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland. And T.J. Perry. Fourth down, here it is. Going to throw it long. That's a pick. Looking the side of the ball. Pick up. Knocked down. And, and Clemson will win it in overtime. 51-45. Snap good. Hold is good. And the kick is good. Trey Wolf has done it again. He gave him the lead at the end of regulation. He gives him the win in overtime. And the fans are streaming onto the field. He gets the kick on the way. Hits the upright. No good. No good with 130 remaining. And Martinez will take a knee, and that is going to do it. Your Wildcats are 3-1. Cats win it 41 to 34. Snap to Brady. Brady looking, waiting, scrambles right, throws, end zone, tipped up into the air. It is incomplete. It is incomplete. Andre Campbell tipped it up into the air in the right side of the end zone. And there is your dagger. The Packers defense finally gets the stop. Waiting on the snap, takes it, looking left. He's going to fire up field, broken up, tip, and intercepted by the Colts. Intercepted by the Colts. It's Rodney McLeod. Colts have it. Interception. Two seconds left, and the Colts are going to win. McKenzie is trying to get to the sideline, has to cut it back in, and is tackled in bounds with seven seconds left. Ingram, the tackle. They're not Three, get this two, one. It's oh, over. It's over. It's over. Those are highlights from games all over the country of all different varieties that everybody's going to play today. <laughs> Hour two, T-Row in the morning show on a Monday, September 26th. I'm, I'm laughing through the tears. Toby and TJ back with you here on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. A1 and Turkey Bacon with you. I did have a couple of people yell at me Saturday, A1 and Turkey Bacon, Teach. So. Um, okay. Without further ado, it is time for our Yelagosny OU football review. Uh, what do we need to tell folks about Yelagosny? They're the top-rated Oklahoma City personal injury lawyers uh, right here in the metro area. They can help you if you've been in an accident, have an injury that you need to uh, have someone represent you. 405-800-8080. That is the All phone right. number. Well- what should I think? What should be, I? Uh, you watch the game on TV. I watched it mm-hmm. in, in, in person. Uh, what should we be uh, talking about today, Teach? What's the takeaway? What are TJ's thoughts about Saturday night? Confusion. I just don't see how it continuously happens year after year where you lose to an opponent that you're better than. You're just flat out better than. And I don't know what it is about climbing that has solved 
OU, and I honestly thought, well, this year's going to be different. You've got a different coach, different strategies, different um, coordinators, you know, so on and so forth. They worked out with Schmitty for Pete's sake. They worked out with Schmitty. They have looked great. They've tackled better. They've flown to the ball. We've talked all about it over the first few weeks of the season. And then he comes out, and I loved the the storyline of – because Adrian Martinez has been garbage. I mean, if you're just being honest, he had been terrible this season. He was on the verge of getting benched. Yeah, to the point that the K-State fans wanted him benched. They didn't want him starting that game Saturday night. And the narrative of, like, all week I heard it, and then they they really played it up on the broadcast on Saturday of, well, he told him, I just let it go. Just let loose. And it's like it solved everything. And they're like, how? How great is this? This is the Adrian Martinez we've been waiting for. I'm like, for five years, we've never seen this Adrian Martinez. It's just... Well, we saw it last year on Owen Not like that. He was decent last year, but not even to that level Saturday night. Like, And it just makes you wonder, like, what does Chris Kleiman see? Why is it that sometimes this happens with certain programs that they just have someone's number? And it continuously plays out regardless of... You know, changes that may have been made or staffs uh, being turned over or whatever it is. It's just strange. They just didn't play well Saturday night. Um, I mean, that's not not breaking news there, but defensively, they were bad the whole night. From the opening series to the end of that game, it was just a... It was a mess. It was a mess, and there was no adjusting. Adrian Martinez... Looked like a kid that belonged in New York Saturday night. He was unbelievable. And I know that they said on the broadcast, boy, Scott Frost is proud somewhere. No, Scott Frost is sitting somewhere thinking, I would have a job still. Like, where's this coming from? Like, you credit him. He played his rear off Saturday night. Deuce was uh, awesome as we were expecting that, you know. Like, he was going to make plays. He was going to have some yards. We knew that. But he was great, and, um, you know, you've got to credit him on that side of the ball, and the OU defense just never adjusted, and they just did not play well at all. Yeah, no, there's no way around it. Um, It was, well, for me, I think the two, two things to point out for this loss, for why they lost the game, is the defense and the penalties. Penalties were, yes, terrible. Back-breaking penalties. Drive-killing penalties. And just across the board defensively, they were not good. They didn't tackle well. All these things that they've done great through three weeks that we bragged about, this is why it's different this year. All of them were not very good Saturday night. They didn't tackle well. They uh, couldn't. Get to Martinez, the pass rush. They got beat at the point of attack. Uh, every time there was a pile, it fell forward for a couple of extra yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Teddy was about to. Teddy was going crazy in the booth <laughs> because of the pass rush continuing to rush up the field past Martinez, and then he just would step forward and go for. 10 or 12 yards, or in the case of the most important play of the night, 55. Right. 
Or step forward in and fact, hit a guy for that game. 12 yards down the field and connect on the pass, yeah. yeah. Before before that play, third and 16 play, Teddy said maybe maybe three times, whatever you do, don't rush past Martinez. Whatever you do, don't rush. You got because he's going to look for something simple, and if it's not there, he's going to run with it. You just, you've been doing it all night. Do not. And sure enough, they ran right past him. He steps up, and he goes for 55. And uh, I thought we might lose Teddy in that moment. And stats, for that matter. You guys want to be entertained. Go back and watch the In the Booth feed from Saturday night and just watch Stats Kelly all night. I mean, I think he's probably got rotator cuff surgery coming today from changing hats so much. Trying to <laughs> Someone find the did right text in asking how many times he changed hats. I hadn't got to that text yet, but I saw he it on there He was slamming earlier. the table with his fist. <laughs> he was screaming in my ear. He was so mad at the way they were playing. It was hilarious. Um. So, I don't. I don't know. I think. I think the linebackers had a really bad night. Mm-hmm. They didn't fit things very well. Coverage. I mean, there were a couple of really nice plays. Like Bowman broke up the touchdown pass or the pass into the end zone that would have been a touchdown, and they got called for uh, an interference that I think was a bogus call. But they also gave up some stuff. They were a little bit soft. Did not tackle very well out there either. Um. You know, they they held uh, Deuce to about what Deuce does. He had 116 yards. That's about what he averages. You would have liked to have been better than that. You know, at your OU, you would have liked to have for him to have had a bad night. But it was Martinez. I mean, in two games against OU on Owen Field, Adrian Martinez has now accumulated over 700 yards of offense and seven touchdowns. The only Amazing. turnover he has in two games on Owen Field, which is what he's known for, Teach. He's known as the guy that turns it over at the worst possible time. He's made a career of it. The only turnover he has in two games on Owen Field is maybe the most amazing interception in OU football history. The DJ Graham oh, one-handed Graham. catch. That's right, yeah. That's it. That's the only turnover he's he's had in two games. He has been off the charts good. And I'm not saying I, – I, I, he give him credit. He was great. But that was – and you could tell by Brent's comments that we'll play here at 730. He was flummoxed. Like, that was just a completely – unforeseen performance by the OU defense based on what they've put out there so far this year. So far this year, they've been aggressive. They've been the tougher team. They've been smart. They've tackled well. They haven't got beat deep. They have been fundamentally sound and tougher than their opponents. And Kansas State just took it right at them Saturday night. Kansas State, like they usually do, showed up and said, I don't care how many stars you got next to your name. We're tougher than you, and we're going to beat you up tonight. And they did. They beat them up. They blocked them up, and they beat them up. And on the offensive side, it was the penalties for me. Just, they would be moving the ball. They really, they moved the ball all night. Mm -hmm. And then they'd get down to the 30 or 40, and they'd have a false start, or they would uh, uh, hold or whatever. They'd get behind the chains. Um. They missed a couple of throws, but I don't know. You tell me. 
Dylan Gabriel, give yes. me your thoughts on Dylan Gabriel. So, I was extremely frustrated at times with him, but I think my frustration, a lot of it was due to the penalties and the situations that they put him in. But I'll say this, he had nice numbers, and I I saw Parker and a bunch of people getting on people like, you can't put anything on uh, Dylan Gabriel, he was great, this and that. The stats are nice, 26 of 39, 330 yards, four touchdowns. But for me, it was the the passes that he missed. There were three or four of them that were crucial, that he's got to make those plays. He's got to make the pass, and he didn't. Uh, twice with Drake Stoops, there was a couple of others that he just missed guys. And being put in a bad situation due to a, a, a false start, whatever it may be, and it changes the, the narrative and what you're going to run there, I get all of that. But there were a few times throughout that game that I thought, man, he had it, and he just didn't hit the guy. So I get the people that are, are sticking up for him. Those are nice numbers. But for me, the misses really stood out for me on Saturday night because they were some of those were at crucial moments when you needed to pick up those those yards and those the move the change and and keep going down the field and he missed the throws and missed them badly when guys were there and and were had the opportunity to make the play so so you're I, talking about the fourth down throw to Stoops mm-hmm. when he missed him a little bit wide maybe I don't know whose fault that was you know in a situation like that you don't know when the receiver's supposed to come out of the cut because uh, the ball's okay. got to be well, thrown yeah, before a guy so. turns around maybe so but that but it was wide of the mark uh, uh, probably it was dylan's fault i don't know and you're talking about the one down the seam when it was the play after he took a deep shot to mims it looks like maybe mims had gotten interfered with mm-hmm. and then the next play they came back to stoops down the seam and the ball kind of landed in between stoops and mims is right. that the one Lin- going, in the middle going right to uh, left right and it seemed that there was one other there maybe the mims one that i'm thinking of where he overthrew there seemed like there was someone that wasn't mims that he overthrew down the field yeah uh, there was one mims jumped really high for maybe that yeah that, that was it that was it that's the one i'm thinking i haven't of. seen right. the replay that's to right. know whether or not that was uh he was open or not. okay right. All, right. all right let's do this let's take a break because i got some thoughts on dylan gabriel Seven seventeen in the morning we'll take some of your thoughts as well we'll hear some of brent's post-game remarks to the media don't worry out there if you're an opposing radio station we're going to play the ones to the media on saturday night coming up at 7 30 this morning we'll be back the T-Row in the Morning Show is powered by extreme outdoor equipment. Four-wheelers, side-by-sides, UTVs, travel trailers, or motorhome rentals. With two locations, I-35 at Goldsby Exit 104B and I-44 at the Newcastle Tuttle Exit 108. Welcome back. Luke Combs, Toby and TJ back with you. I, uh, I'm playing this for Christy up in Owasso. Uh, got to see her and uh, Bruce. Uh, friends of mine, um, oh. and she said, you know, we sit and listen to you every morning, and uh, Bruce has waited for years for a shout-out, and you never give him a shout-out. And I said, I didn't know Shout-out, Bruce! I, I, said, I didn't know I was supposed to give him a shout-out, but I'll give him a shout-out. I'll give you a shout-out on, on Monday morning. She goes, yeah, I wait for him to leave, and then I turn uh, from you and Toby, and I turn on Luke Combs. And I said, oh, well, thanks for listening, once Bruce <laughs> leaves the house. <laughs> So there's your shout out. Shout, shout uh, out, Manning family. Yeah. Shout yeah. out, Mannings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. 
A little adversity early on. I'm sure they'll get it figured out pretty quick with BV running the show. Still a lot of season left to prove who and what they really are. One bad game won't define those young men. All right. Well, what kind of loser is that? Positive attitude. Yeah, I don't like that positive attitude. Uh... <laughs> Uh, by the way, I think there needs to be a rule change on substitution to keep the opposing team from rolling out their slowest player in order to have a delay of game on offense. There should be a penalty <laughs> on the defense for that. That's just that's game. That's just for a that's long time. A long time. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're going to do this. We're going to roll out the biggest, slowest dude we can. And it, it got him. Like, I mean, it did. Um, stay you want to change or not, it's just been that way for a while. So. Mm -hmm. uh, drives killed quickly due to poor throws on third down. If the D is on the field all game, they are going to give up plays. When a quarterback makes mistakes is important, and I think that's why people are frustrated with Gabriel. So I'll let you take it from there and give your thoughts on Dylan Gabriel. Okay. Um, I am surprised that he is a talking point, or as big of a talking point as he is coming out of this game. Because, in my opinion, overwhelmingly, the story of this game is the Oklahoma defense. Uh, Gabriel could have been better, and the OU offense could have been better. They missed some opportunities. The They shot themselves in the foot with the penalties. They could have had more than 34 points on the board Saturday night. But they scored 34 points against a defense that had given up 19 all year. And if you told us going into the game, OU scores 34 points, I say they win by 20. Kansas State's offense had stunk. We know their defense is good. And 34 points is enough to win that game. Should have been. So I'm surprised Dylan Gabriel is a big of a talking point. Um, I thought he played, all in all, a pretty good game Saturday night. He missed some throws, yes, but... I mean, quarterbacks are not perfect. No, and I don't watch, expect watch them the to be. NFL, watch college, watch Tom Brady for Pete's sake. I mean, they missed some throws. He had a bigger statistical night than Adrian Martinez had. He had more total yards than Adrian Martinez had Saturday night. Four touchdowns, no picks. He ran the ball. Uh, another big run there late in the game that he picked up a bunch of yards. He he was. Pretty good. He missed some throws. He also had some great throws. The touchdown bomb to Mims, the, the pass to Weiss. There were a couple that he fit in there late when they were trying to drive the field that were very small windows to Farouk and Weiss that he put it right in there. He hit um, a window pattern down the sidelines in the first half to Farouk uh, over the linebacker in front of the safety. It was on the far sideline from the press box. That was just a dime. So he was okay. I mean, he was above average, I would say. He, I thought he was not great, but I thought he was exactly what he's been all year, TJ. And you guys have made fun of me a little bit when I've come on after some of these games and said, yeah, Gabriel missed some throws in, in Lincoln. I thought Dylan was just okay in Lincoln. He had the long touchdown run, but he missed some throws. Through four games, my assess assessment of Dylan Gabriel is this. He's not a superhero. No. He's an above-average quarterback. He's not a superhero. And we've had superheroes around here. And we want our quarterbacks to be superheroes. 
We we want them to save games for us. Even if the defense gives up 41 points, please go save the game for us. Be Superman. He's not Superman. Dylan Gabriel is an above-average quarterback who has very good numbers this year. 67% completions. Uh, is it 11 passing two? He's got 13 combined touchdowns, no turnovers this year. That's really good. That's really good. He's missed some throws. And some of them have been important throws. But I don't see how you can come out of that game and say, well, that game was Dylan Gabriel's fault. When you gave up 41 points to a Kansas State team that scored 10 against Tulane. I agree. I, I put most of it on the defense and penalties. I, I, I do agree with what the texter said, though, that I don't expect my quarterbacks to be perfect, but I do expect you to be able to make the throws in crucial moments. And for me, that's what stood out to me. It seemed like when there was pressure... Uh, the situation, I should say, not even maybe pressure on him, but pressure in the moment, he missed the throws. So it stood out to me. I'm not putting that, that game on him. His stats, what he did Saturday night, 9 out of 10 times should be enough for you to win a game and win a game comfortably. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm in agreement with you that that – means that's put on the defense and in some of those situations he was put in when I'm saying he missed those throws uh the landscape of the situation was completely changed by a penalty false start whatever it may have been I do think he holds on to the ball too long he took another sack that he could have gotten rid of Saturday night he did Mm -hmm. that's been a problem all year and his accuracy is not as good as so far has not been as good as it was billed to be coming in uh, he has been a little inaccurate, uh, more a little more. But he's still completing 67% of his passes. And the quarterbacking has been significantly better than it was a year ago. Way better than it was a year ago. Not just through four games, like for the entirety of the season, TJ. <laughs> That's true. But you had that Superman in the moments. At times. Not at Baylor, not at Oklahoma no, State. You're right. You're right. Uh, well, at Oklahoma State, he actually did almost save the game there at the end. But, he, I mean, you go back and look at some of the numbers that Caleb threw out there, much less Spencer early in the year. And the turnovers and, I mean, they it, 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 took, it took him ripping the ball away from Kennedy Brooks at Kansas to keep from getting beaten Lawrence, you know. Right. Because he had played so bad that game. So I think Dylan's been above average. He is not a superhero. Yeah, offensively, I, I would put more of the complaint on the offensive line on, on Saturday night than I would Dylan Gabe. The penalties! And, and, you know, the biggest thing is third and 16. You get off the field there. Dylan Gabriel probably goes yeah. down and ties that game. You get off the field there. Well, they did the last two possessions, you could argue – you know, when they had to have it, they went down the field and scored touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but, no, I get you. There were some missed throws, I think. I mean, you never know in those situations. It looked like there were some missed 
accuracy problems. Drake was ticked both times, and you don't know if that he was ticked at himself or ticked. You got to assume throw. Drake did it right. Right? He's a stoops for Pete's sake. You got to assume Drake was in the right place, <laughs> right. and that Dylan missed it. <laughs> That's how I the, saw it on Saturday. The, the first one, I do remember. The first one, if it's the same play we're talking about, they're going right to left. I think it was the second quarter. Mm, I think it was the second quarter. They're going right to left. They take back-to-back deep shots. Yes. The first one was the Mims. Everybody wanted a pass interference, didn't get the call. The next one looked like it was the Stoops. He got bumped because we went back and looked at the replay. Drake got bumped early in the route. He kind of got slowed down and taken off his his route. And so I remember Teddy speculating on the air that the timing was off on that pass because Drake got bumped about the time Dylan let it go. And so he was wide open, but he was a little later to the spot where Dylan was throwing it. I don't know. I haven't seen the replay. I just remember that conversation about Drake getting bumped early in the route, and it caused the timing of that play to be off. I'm not here to alibi Dylan. I think he did miss some shots. I just couldn't believe coming out of that game that that was even a talking point or as big of a talking point when the defense gave up 41 points to Kansas State. I mean... Which they from what you had seen against at, Tulane, yeah, I was about to say from what you had seen at Kansas State this year, that shocking, that total is shocking. What Adrian and Martinez they had only given shocking. up, they had only given up twenty nine points all year. Mm-hmm. When they were, they we know they're good defensively, and you know, so anyway, I, 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 I don't know if it's because he's a transfer or if he's left handed, and some of your left handed hate has rubbed <laughs> off on people. Or if you just lose a game and that's what you do, you just blame the quarterback. I don't know. Maybe that's the deal. Maybe you'd lose a game. and We didn't do that to Caleb Williams. Uh, I'm just complaining about everything. Offensive line, Dylan Gabriel, the defense, coaching decisions. I'm just griping about it all. Eric Gray continues to be very good. Boomers by the PA announcer. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, Eric Gray was very good. Mm -hmm. Um, But Dylan's got to be better. You, I, I mean, I you get you got to. I guess you got to be better. I mean, so those are pretty good numbers, but don't miss the critical ones. You know that you were talking about there when you're trying to, you're trying to come from behind. Like that's the part that's easy. Like why in the heck are you trying to come from behind on your home field in the second half? Because you can't stop them. Right. Tackle them. Get off the field on third downs. Quit rushing past Adrian Martinez. Be in the right gaps. Quit getting knocked backwards at the point of attack. Uh, all that kind of stuff is the storyline for me coming out Saturday because this is supposed to be where this team is better. They're supposed to be better because they're tougher, right? They've got a defensive head coach now. They've been working out with Schmitty instead of uh, the guys we made fun of. We keep making fun of them because they're not tough. And then we get ran over by K-State. That's that's the troubling part for me. Yeah. At least it was on Saturday. I think it'll get better. It'll get fixed. And, you know, this year they're going to be better, and they may win the rest of them. I don't know. But on Saturday night, that was uh, tough to watch. We hadn't even mentioned either uh, in all the things that we've mentioned. Dylan and that offense did start building momentum for Oklahoma and tie the game, and then you give up uh, on special teams. You give up a 58-yard was a 58 <sighs> yard return. 
and just swung it right, right back the other way. I think it was 58 yards, maybe 59, whatever it was. Whatever it was, yeah. the spot was the worst spot I've seen in a long time. Malik Knowles gave up a long return. He ran out of bounds at the 45-yard line, and the refs ran out there and put the ball at the 42. 42, yeah. <laughs> he got nowhere near the 42-yard no, no. line. They completely guessed at that. It, it made no difference because they went down and scored. Probably it made no difference. But it amazes me how many times the refs are like two, three yards off on spots and then we get down to like a we, we review over an inch here or there in a game anyway all right we'll be back the ref network studios are powered by the insurance adjusters at brown o'haver fire wind theft tornado we can help call 405-735-5510 all right first i'd like to just start off by uh, congratulating uh kansas state and uh you know, for uh, you know, winning the game and how they won it. Thought they uh, obviously were the, the better team tonight, and I thought they played. Uh, uh, you know, they played more physical than us. Uh, played with better fundamentals. Uh, they played with better uh, precision and on uh, both sides of the ball. Um, uh, I've been bragging on our guys and and and. And about their engagement and their investment, uh, as well as uh, the buy-in. And I didn't see anything that was different this week uh, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but tonight, you know, I saw a, a football game uh, where uh, I don't think I, th- I don't think that we uh, played like you know we have obviously these first three weeks. And so. Uh, Starts with the man in the mirror, and, and uh, starts with us as coaches. Uh, obviously, we did a, a poor job of uh, getting our guys ready to play. Obviously, we didn't handle uh, success very well. Sometimes it's just the other team; they just they just outplayed you, outcoached you. Uh, you know, I saw some things again tonight that I just haven't seen uh, since we we started, but it, it happened, and um, we weren't going to be defined. Uh, going into this game, had we won, uh, we, we would have just been 4-0 and 1-0 in the conference. And the same thing, you know, we're not going to be defined uh, by this loss moving forward. We will, however, be defined by how we respond moving forward. And um, and I still uh, believe uh, with everything I got in this team and, and what's still sitting in front of us. Certainly not the result that we wanted, and, um, and I'm all for, you know, losing the game, but, um, you know, we just – we just played really poor uh, in in all the areas that you uh, you got to play well. Um, we didn't, you know. We had 11 penalties to their six. Uh, three of them uh, were on the defense. Went for first downs. You know they stayed on the field on third down. It's a recipe for disaster. I say you start getting up in those mid 40s uh, conversion rate uh, on defense uh, for the opponent uh, to the 50s uh, or better. It's a recipe uh, for failure. And uh, tonight they were 10 and 19 on third and fourth down, two and two on fourth down, 10 of 19 uh, combined. And, you know, we couldn't get off the field when we needed to. And for a variety of reasons. Uh, on offense, we couldn't stay on the field. We were four of 13. And when we needed to be precise, uh, we needed precision. Uh, we just weren't as efficient as we needed to be on offense at the most critical times. The most critical times on defense, uh, we were at our worst. 
uh, for whatever reason. Um, you know, again, I thought that, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, good things on offense. Um, but, again, the, the penalties on some of the drives where we had to either settle for field goals or take ourselves out of scoring p- potential scoring positions when we're going for it on fourth down, we get the procedure. Uh, that happened a couple of times, and, and uh, we had to go ahead and punt or settle for a field goal. And in a game like tonight, you know, you're, you're, you're playing with fire, and, uh, and, and it got us. And at the end of the game there, third and 16, when we got it, uh, make a play and get off the field. We have a, a bust. We have a, a designed spy. You know, it's supposed to be there. Uh, you know, obviously it ended up being a, a poor call and, um, you know, a bust and uh, it broke our back, you know, at the most critical time. Uh, really, really disappointed in, you know, our lack of ability to create a pass rush. Uh, they blocked us. Uh, just They just they played better up front. Uh, particularly their offense versus our defense. Quarterback scrambled at will, had over 100 yards rushing, uh, threw for 230-plus yards. Uh, You know, Deuce Vaughn, the leading rusher in the Big 12, had over 100 yards. Um, Again, we're a really poor uh, third down, uh, just atrocious uh, tackling, misfits from the very beginning, Uh, just looked very ill-prepared. And, again, that starts with us uh, as coaches. so again, we've in the middle of our season here. You know, uh, we got a setback, not, nothing that we planned for, uh, and certainly uh, disappointed uh, in so many ways. Um, and but I do b- uh, believe that our guys are going to respond the right way. We got great leadership, tremendous buy-in. Uh, we've had great accountability, and I don't think that this uh, this moment where again we're down in the mud right now. There ain't no doubt about it, and uh, we're going. Uh, take this one on the chin and uh, try to learn and grow from it. You got two options in you know, how we respond moving forward. Really, just two choices. So, uh, feel very strong and have a very clear vision for for how our guys are going to respond to this. So, again, hats off to Kansas State. They came in here and they they earned uh, the victory in every way. wasn't any fluke about it. Uh, they they whooped us in in every every part of it and outcoached us. So. Here's what I like about that teach. And I know we got to get to a break. It stunk the way they played Saturday night and that they lost the game, but it's our first glimpse to see what Brent's going to be like after a loss. Mm-hmm. And he did not come out and say, "Y'all don't understand. We were really we're close. close to winning that game. <laughs> That's if a, we get a little break point. here or a little break there, we win this game." He came out and said, "We were terrible." They kicked our tails in every way. We got to get better. And- he he absolutely owned it. And I don't know what it means going forward, but I, I love hearing that and not trying to come out and justify, well, this or that, or if we get this call or if we, you know, we were so close. I don't think you all understand how close we were to winning that game. He just came out and said, nope, they beat us. They kicked our tails. We sucked. And the one thing that's going to eat at a guy like Brent Venables is it's one thing to lose a game. He does not want to feel like the other team was more physical than his. Yeah, and, and they that's won. going to sit with him and bother him. So and they lost because because of the the defense got ran over. Too. Yeah, right. You know. So, by the way, Rudy shows tonight. 
7 o'clock, the huddle, 8 o'clock, the Brent Venable Show, if you want to come out and be a part of the shows tonight live at Rudy's. All right, break. Back to your text messages next. It's a Monday, mental Monday here on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. It's time to up your game with the latest in ref gear and let the world know you're part of the ref army. Visit the ref store at KREF.com for hats, sweatshirts, ref branded t-shirts, and exclusive t-shirts like our Ban 11 AM kickoff shirt. Breathe if you hate Texas shirt or the brand new I'm All In Team 128 shirt. Wear what we wear and get your ref gear at KREF.com today. Just be happy instead, people. T-Row in the morning show. You'll be happy if you go with Saxon Realty Group. Their $8.99 listing fee saves you thousands in closing costs, so you'd be happy instead of using one of those other realtors out there that uh, give you the same service but charge you a lot more money. Terry Saxon, 405-361-3380 or saxonrealtygroup.com. Air Comfort Solutions text line. By the way, I had a uh, text on my phone, and then I've seen it here too. Um... The one on my phone said, didn't have the courage to look. What did we fall to in the AP rankings? A big tumble for Oklahoma as they went to 18, 12 spots uh, yesterday when that was released. So 18 is your answer on mm-hmm. that text. Uh, good morning, Jeff from Tulsa here. Hey, Jeff. Maybe overrated? If you lose at home to an unranked double-digit underdog, you should drop out of the rankings. All right. Uh, Irrelevant who, in college football, but maybe so. Kevin in Tulsa says, whoever uh, said you can't win them all was a wise man. Get off the ledge, Sooner fans. A loss is the best cure for complacency. Boomer. It would be nice to win them all, though. Yeah. Um, we have gone this route many, many times. Unfortunately, they always lose right around September 26th, <laughs> and it just takes the joy out of everything. <laughs> Every year. Can we have both off weeks just the last two weeks of September? Oh, man. I I, I was going back and looking because I swear it feels like this has happened. I, it, 2020, we lost right on September 26th. But every almost every one of those first lot. Now, last year we didn't lose until like game 10 of the year. Mm-hmm. But the vast majority of the losses have been late September, early October. That stumble, you know. K-State most of the time, but an Iowa State or Texas a couple of times. It's always late September, early October. Now you got to run the table. It's the only option you got now. As uh, the promo played earlier, I thought to myself, we're going to hear about this today. Sure enough, here it is. Uh, we probably need to shelve that boss promo for a bit. I thought about it on the mule shoe mm-hmm. one too that just played the last break. So Drake, we gotta get the <laughs> we gotta get the uh, promos updated quickly. Uh, I knew that was gonna bother some people today. Uh, can we get about a dozen more Braden Willis pancakes blocking guys out of the end zone and sideline catching TDs? Uncommon effort. He's great. He's been great all year. The touchdown pass to him was amazing. The, the pass and the catch when the snap, or, you know, down on the one-yard line, they had a bad snap. Gabriel had to reach to his right to grab it. It almost looked like it bounced off of Eric Gray's helmet or Major, whoever was in there. And he's being hit as he throws and just kind of shot puts it out to Willis, who catches it as his shoestrings and takes it in. It was a amazing play. But Braden Willis has been great all year. Uh, by the way, I was sent a link to a Twitter video um, 
of what we were talking about other with the PA guy. So um, do you hear yeah, him it. yell boomer and then yeah. you see the line move and start pointing up? So not a good situation. <laughs> I'm sure that won't happen again. I'm sure it won't either. Uh, Josh from Norman. Good morning, guys. I love the show. I seen a man at the stadium this weekend punch the wall in the stadium and scream, Brent Venables bleeping sucks. As a lifelong Sooner fan, should we not be supporting our team <laughs> during the highs and lows of the season? I just can't understand why fans act this way. Uh, they're fanatics. That's why. They're fans. They're fanatics. Yeah, it I- means a lot. And they've probably had some alcohol, but it means a lot. But I think in order to be punching concrete walls, you there has to have probably been some alcohol consumption. There's been some alcohol consumption, some other things that have probably led to certain uh, uh, angry feelings, um, all of the above. Uh, it's, it's the same thing as when you go online and see people like destroying their televisions at home. It's like... Did you see I, the Buffalo Bills? Uh, offensive oh, the offensive coordinator. coordinator. Yeah, I mean, that was the same reaction where he's clearing <laughs> everything off the desk and slamming his fist down and... Uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady won last week. We had to put out a whole league-wide memo this week to quit breaking the tablets because Tom <laughs> Brady kept breaking tablets on the sideline. This football thing means a lot to people, folks. Uh, let's see what else we have here. I'm with TJ. Left-handed quarterbacks are no good. I can't wait for next year. I never said that this morning. <laughs> Um, 34 points. You should win your game. Cannot believe, uh, cannot blame this on Dylan Gabriel whatsoever. Last time I checked, the dude does not play defense. That's from Rome and Shawnee. I mean, I, I think that Dylan Gabriel missed some throws. And when you're going down the list of things that went wrong Saturday night, he's on the list, but it's well down the list for me. And Roman Shawnee is right. If before the game I present to you, TJ, they're going to score 34 points. He's going to have almost 400 yards of offense, four touchdowns, no picks. You're going to say, well, we won this game easy. We covered, right? K-State was not supposed to get to 41. That's the problem. That's, that's, they that's scored the problem, 10, yes. They scored 10 against Tulane. They put 41 on the board against an OU defense that had given up 30 all year. We'll be back.